I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. Well, as of this morning, we're back in Ireland. We're back with a theme tune and we're back covering episodes seven and eight, the dinner party and the very first commitment ceremony. I'm glad to say that we're back and doing things properly again. <laughs> it was kind of a bit difficult recording a, a podcast on the fly while yeah, on holidays. It seemed a bit strange by times. Um, a kind of echoey hotel room wasn't the best place. And was a beach the best place? I enjoyed the beach. I enjoyed the beach at sunrise. Yeah. You're telling I, Fibs, she got a few mosquito bites. I got more than a few mosquito bites. I was savage down there in the beach at dawn, but how and ever. I've never heard the end of it since. Um, the dinner party. Um, not an awful lot happened in some ways at the dinner party. Uh, for me, it was about Portia and Terence, little about Ella's speech and Brad had shown as PDA. It was just, you know what, I think I was expecting more from the first mm. dinner party. Oh, it all seemed to be very manufactured. Yeah. That was my impression. You know, Portia coming in alone and then getting all the girls over to her side and giving them her tales of woe. It was just, oh, give me a break, seriously. You, you've, you've seen it, guys. We don't need to rehash it really in some ways. Uh, Terence, I thought, was really rude in what he did in that he didn't just ignore Portia. He made a real example of, of ignoring her. He was really obvious and he embarrassed as well the other girls by speaking to them individually so warmly and just passing over. Yeah, but it was really bad as well that she didn't even make any effort at all to acknowledge him or greet him uh, when he came in. And I think there were two of the girls anyway, Peggy and possibly Laura, who sat with her and Mm. didn't make any attempt to get up and greet uh, Terence either. So that was rude too, you you know, and certainly if that was me, if I was Terence, I'd be going, okay, I don't want this to take off. And I don't think that Terence is the type of guy who enjoys drama. Mm, I don't know. I think he got a fair bit of satisfaction about what he did all the same. Anyway, it gets played out later in the commitment. Look, he ceremony. gave her soapbox. In my opinion, he gave her soapbox and she uh, stood on that yeah, soapbox. She, she's she well able for that soapbox, isn't she? She's just, and I, I just think she's such a drama queen. I really do. And I just think she's a manipulator. Mm. Ella's speech. Okay, so why? Yeah, and I would be of the same opinion. Why? Again, manufactured. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen organically. She didn't just plan it and stand up. That was cleared with the producers and all that, wasn't it? Yeah, and like, I mean, Ella, in fairness to her, she said, you know, she was a woman born into a boy's body. She yeah. transitioned 12 years ago. So this is not new. So again, I don't even see why every time she goes into a group of people, she has to announce it. It's no big deal. You know, I'm sure everybody's delighted for you, but you have to kind of hammer it home all the time. Why? And everybody's totally accepting of her. So the issue is this. Either people think she's a woman, in which case there's nothing to address and born a woman, nothing to address. Or people think, well, she's trans, in which case that's the truth. Again, there's nothing really to address. Yeah, it, maybe if it was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, I would have understood that she stood up looking for approval and hmm. just would take me to where I am. But I suppose in this day and age, not a lot of people care. Yeah. And the thing was, if she was suffering discrimination or something, then it's an issue. But she isn't and she wasn't. Yeah, it was just another opportunity to jump on the soapbox. The PDA from Shona and Brad. This uh, needs to be addressed. This absolutely <laughs> ultra needs to be addressed. PDA. Oh, my God. I, I look, at, I'm all for showing your affections and showing your emotions. And yes. I'm all for PDA. Like, mm. I'm very tactile, very touchy-feely, as you know. Yeah. Um, but come on, I actually was vomiting into my mouth. It was just, it was just way too much. (laughs) 
It was was pathetic. Who are they trying to prove themselves to? It's like as if, well, certainly, I don't know about Shona, mm. um, but certainly Brad has a game plan. They they admit it openly, I think. And it was more Shona, I would have said, that they had a game plan going in. It was to show everybody that they were the best couple. They were going to be the best couple. For them, the dinner party was very much a competition. Yeah, again, who are you trying to prove it to? Oh, well, listen, yeah. Well, it's, it's look, they would see it as being good for themselves, good for maybe their future careers. Let's be honest. Yeah, we're the power couple kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, we're oh, the force yeah. we reckon with. Yeah. And do you know what was actually uncomfortable? Like, it was just uncomfortable mm. the way they were talking about sex and things like that. And like, they were all over each other at yeah. the party. It was like, it was during your meal and they were kissing the face off each other. <sighs> and like, not just, you know, the odd peck. No, no, constant. They were getting stuck into it. That would, like, literally, again, I'm not approved by any stretch of imagination, but that would no. just turn me off my meal. Like, get a room. Get a room. And the meal looked nice. I'll tell you, the, the, it did, didn't it? The food looked nice, but I wasn't so keen on the room. Uh, I thought it was too big. I thought it was too bright. I thought this wasn't right. For, for me, the Aussies have it right in that they kind of have the dark background and it adds to the drama and they can pop the cameras in the back and you don't see them and they get the good close-ups. It's more that. candlelit and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, where I think it, it looked like a studio. It looked like it mm. looked like a studio. It was kind of very forced. It was very bright and you can kind of imagine that the cameras weren't so subtly placed. No. And it just wasn't intimate at all. Yeah. It's, I don't think it was conducive either to private conversations and, yeah. you know, little tidbits of information and all of that kind of stuff. It'll be interesting to see, will they tweak it as they go along? Yeah, I certainly hope so. I think, you know, I think the dinner party was definitely kind of a lost opportunity. The other thing that I, I, I say we noticed at the dinner party was the relationship that kind of seems to be blossoming between Jay and Ross. Yeah, they seem to gravitate towards one another. And as we learnt um, subsequently, um, Roz was seemed to be more interested in going to visit Jay at uh, that first day of the commitment ceremony, actually the morning of the commitment ceremony. But that was interesting. Their look is completely different to the other girls. That's right. Show. That's right. They're much less manufactured. Yeah, they're just, they're like, they look odd. They look odd. Now, I'm, 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 I think you mean they look natural in a, in a world of unnatural. That's, I think exactly that's what it. you mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They look like they don't really fit in. I wonder how well they're getting to know the other girls or if they're even interested in getting to know the other girls. Yeah. It was like they were plants and they were in an outside world and they were peering out at times. They were down the corner and they oh, look at this and oh, look at that. Yeah, like, but quite often, certainly with Jay and Luke, I suppose, they were kind of rolling their eyes going, are they serious? Yeah. Like, what in the name of God is this all about? What did we just walk into? Yeah. Jay looked actually a bit shell-shocked. Although, as we discovered later on, Roz and Thomas certainly have their own issues and their own dramas. They're a lot more private, though. They're a lot more private, yeah. And, you know, and, and I think they're more honest. Mm-hmm. If the truth be told, I think they do have issues. They are trying to address them, maybe not in the right way. But look, we leave that for the uh, commitment ceremony. Yes, the commitment ceremony opened up. And in line with tradition and what we usually expect, they started off with an easy run. They started off with a couple who were getting on and they got that couple in the shape of Tasha and Paul. Love's young dream. Ah, yeah, love's long dream. They're having a great time. That's it, aren't they? They seem to really enjoy the process and really enjoy each other's enthusiasm and company. The only little crease in the fabric, I suppose, is that Tasha is not fully letting herself go. She wants to kind of hold the goods back and she's holding the goods back in the shape of sex. 
Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that was strange. I think maybe her thinking is a little bit immature and a little bit naive in that respect. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, you know, treat a mean and, and keep him keen. But it's, I don't know, you can't use sex as a weapon or yeah. a reward. That's just, just, just starting off a relationship, sending out the wrong message. And it sounds like she's not just withdrawn sex or anything like that. It's like they're like almost getting there, but not. Yeah, so she keeps going so far and then pulling back. To be honest, it seems a little strange to me. I just I look at personally thinking, I just think it's kind of a little bit of, you know, immaturity. Yeah. But that's that's what she set out. And, and yeah, look, I know she's kind of thinking, oh, I'm not giving, going to give it away too early. But she's talking about it and she's hinting at it. And, and mm. it's working for her so far. You know, he's still crazy about her. Why bother though? Again, I know, I suppose when you think about us and relationships we've had and, you know, yeah. past relationships and where we are um, at this stage in our life, we're both kind of open enough and honest enough and mature enough and confident in ourselves not to read too much into it. You know? Yeah, but like, why bother? Why bother doing this? Why bother going to nearly there as if he's going to stick around just in the hope of the sex? What happens? So he might get the sex and then he'll go. Like, I, I it just... Again, strange. maybe that's her concern and maybe that's what's happened to her in, in, in previous relationships and she just wants to try something different. So I suppose that's what this this program is all about, trying yeah. something different. Hasn't worked out for you before. Try it another way. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Ella and Nathaniel. Oh, where do we go with these two vicious circles? It just seems to be the same thing over and over and over again. She's desperate for something. Um, I She's coming across as being desperate for sex and desperate for that physical touch. But obviously underneath it all, she's desperate for a whole load more. The desperation is palpable. She cannot understand why Nathaniel isn't all over. Because I think that's, that's where she kind of got her comfort. If somebody was mad about me, well then that's okay, I'm confident then. But I just don't think she... Really, she's not confident in herself at all. Yeah, but in some ways, I don't blame her. Nathaniel was pretty damning. He was saying, essentially, he was saying, yes, you're a gorgeous looking girl, but I don't really like your personality. Yeah, but at the dinner party, he was so supportive of her. Yeah, he can be supportive of her without thinking that she's attractive to him as a partner. But then again, was he doing that because he felt that that was the right thing to do and he was expected to do it? And if he didn't support her like that, it would make him look like a bad guy. And I mean, look. Okay, so you're kind of writing that off. In okay, Thomas, yeah. leave it written off. He doesn't like her. He doesn't like who she is. He doesn't, no. And he doesn't like who even she was. No, he doesn't, he doesn't like the stripper business. It does, look, there's so many red flags there. There's so many things that are not going right for those two. Yeah. And it's not going to go right for them. Yeah. And he said, like, beauty for me is not on the surface. It's not skin deep. And he's saying, I don't like what's underneath. It would nearly be better if he was saying, I don't like the way you look. Because then she could say, well, you can change the way you look. But can you change who you are? There's something going on behind the scenes with those two, Hugh. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't think even, I don't think they even get on well enough to have a game plan. No. I think if they actually got on better, that they might have a game plan and, and they might actually go the whole way. Our fear, I think, last time was, well, uh, sorry, it wasn't so much a fear. It was a theory. The theory we had the last time was these will be a different kind of Harrison and Bronte in that instead of pretending everything's great, they will manufacture drama between themselves. But I think, to be honest, this isn't manufactured. I just don't think they have any real attraction for each other. 
No, I don't think it's manufactured either. And I no. think, you know, you, uh, look, I don't think the experts are going to help these two at all. You know, I really don't. And Elle, again, crying on the couch. Yeah, but crying with no tears. Has there been one single episode that she hasn't cried? Has there been one single tear? I think I saw a tear when she was on honeymoon. Did I think. you? I might have, yeah. Might have been a bit of sea spray or something. Um, Shona and Brad. Oh, God, these two. I just... Ah, look, fake, fake, fake at the moment. Um, I'm not buying the Brad fella at all. Um, No. I kind of feel a bit sorry for Shona because I think Brad is going to just make shite of her, honest to God. Then again, we thought she was fake as well. Is she fake? I'm I'm kind of coming around a little bit. I'm I'm more concerned about Shona now, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of am more concerned. Um, I still think she's fake, but I think she's fake from a kind of lack of confidence perspective. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of she's like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. And if I if I say enough times that I'm confident and I'm, you know, I'm this and I'm that and I've got it all together. Well, then I might actually start to believe it. And this is how I need to portray myself, because if I don't, um, people will, you know, just take advantage of me. What I'm getting from them, though, the crack that definitely is starting to appear in the relationship and about the only one that we saw on the couch was he seems to be far more adventurous and open when it comes to sexual matters than her. I think that she has genuine fears about that, Hugh. Yeah. Like, I really do think she's actual fears about it, about maybe how sexual he is in private, um, how much maybe he wants sex. I don't know. I'm just kind of assuming just by her body language, you know, she really wants to cool things down and calm things down in that respect. And Brad just wants more and more and more and more and more. But she is very childlike. Her whole image is very childlike. Her voice, the words she uses. If you notice, yes, she is tactile, but it's tactile in terms of cuddles and hugs. No mention of anything more. Exactly. It's tactile in, in terms of, you know, a needy, mm. needy type of tactile. Okay. And yeah. again, oh, well, he, he I'm going to assume he doesn't fancy me if he's not constantly kissing me and hugging me, you know, and that's kind of a lack of confidence in herself overall. I would have concerns about that relationship already she's kind of saying oh we talk about sex so much maybe if we didn't talk about it so much yeah like a weekend yeah yeah you know I, and and this whole love business again oh totally unnecessary off the wall it's absolutely off the wall and I think she actually does think that she loves him does he think he loves her don't think so don't think so in some ways there's a personality there and the personality is very much a kind of Prepubescent girl, almost. I know. I think he's he's taking advantage of. It. I think he's controlling. I think oh. he is controlling the narrative there a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she's just basically trying to please him at this point in time. I think you know the fact that they went in and they were all matchy matchy in terms of all dressed in white from head to toe. We got some glances and some camera shots um, during the the commitment ceremony of. Um, Shona and Brad and Peggy and George's. Okay, mm. the four of them were sitting on the sofa together. And those four looked like something out of Desperate Housewives or some sort of a big <laughs> Hollywood show in comparison to everybody else. Now, maybe if we had Ella and Natalia there mm. as well, it would have kind of finished it off the six yeah. of them. <laughs> maybe not so much Laura and yeah, I know Arthur. what you're going to, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, there is a kind of a divide between the group. That's what I think you're, there's you're a saying, competition. I think there's a competition specifically between um, Peggy and George's 
and Shona and Brad. Right. I think there's a competition there. I think, you know, each one of those power couples wants to be seen as the best couple, you know, the most committed couple. It's that just- nearly happens every year, though. Then It's the most vain. And, and I think the producers tend to latch onto it, don't they? And they tend to hype it up and they tend to encourage them to do these things. Yeah. So if there's anybody playing a game, I think it's, it's those four. Yeah. <sighs> Pretty tragic, uh, the next couple. Um, Roz and Thomas, things are not good whatsoever. A really interesting point I thought was made that very often how a couple feel about each other is defined by about their feelings and their reaction that they get when they first lay eyes on one another. Yeah, and was it Paul who said that? Um, yeah, about was. Him, uh, yeah, was. On, on the couch. And he knew by her reaction at the altar, the first time he saw her, that she wasn't really into him. And that's he struggled with that ever since. Yeah. So they finally consummated the marriage, even though he'd been saying all along, I don't want to rush, I don't want to rush, I don't want to rush. Yeah. But he asked for cuddle. Again, trying to give her what she wanted because she was saying, I just want some kind of affection. I mm. just want to cuddle. But to her then, the cuddle turned into sex because she was tearing his clothes off and who was he to refuse it? They, they both wanted two different things from the sex. They just got off. To pardon, the, pardon the pun, but they just got off on the wrong foot from the moment they laid eyes on one another. Or, as it turns out, actually, they got off on the right foot. Now I think about it again, because the moment he saw her, he thought, mm, she's not into me. And guess what? She isn't and she wasn't. That made him much more wooden on the day and made her actually less attractive to, to her. Uh, and then he's been rejected with the whole sex thing as well. Uh, I believe him 100%. I want to say this. I believe him 100% about the stonewalling. Oh, so do I. Yeah, she absolutely. stonewalled him. And, you know, Paul can sit there and talk to them about communication and say he's got to talk about his feelings, right? And tell Thomas that he's got to talk about his feelings. He did goddamn well talk about his feelings. It's hard. It's not talking about our feelings. It's hard. It's stonewalling him. And even when he went back to, uh, they went back to the couch. She was clearly stonewalling him again. She clearly, she sat down and she looked at the rest of the group and away from him. And she didn't look at him at all and communicate with him. She's a stonewaller, not him. Yeah, because she kind of sat beside Peggy. That's right. And then she said, oh, I better move closer to him. As mm. if like it was a conversation. Oh, I better do this because it looks bad me sitting beside you. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I think that Thomas has been completely honest about his feelings, both mm. on from what we could see his piece of cameras yeah. and his interactions with Ross. Ross, I don't think has been so honest. No. And I think she needs to talk about her feelings. I think she needs to get things out in the open yeah. because, you know, I, again, if that were a real relationship and you um, slept together and for her, it was to see if something else would happen. It didn't. Okay. If that was a really real relationship, you go your separate ways. You know, thanks very much, but it's not for me. And, you know, I don't want to see you again. We don't really have that much in common. There was no accolade on the couch for Thomas for being vulnerable. And I thought he was incredibly vulnerable. I just don't know why Roz chose to stay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, uh, and, and yet she doesn't seem the fame hungry type. No, she doesn't. No, and I said that from day one. Yeah, but like, why did she cho- choose to say? So she's kind of, you know, she's done it all now. She spent time with him. She's had her cuddles. She's even so gone so far as to have sex. 
to see was there any kind of a spark there and she's kind of just shrugging her shoulders going yeah. and there was nothing and she doesn't seem interested in talking to them they don't seem to have a friendship what is there for them to dead in the water but I, I'd love to see it working because I think individually they're both lovely people but mm. I don't know I think I think Roz probably needs to do more work than than Thomas Thomas technically did let his guard down and he got a kick in the face I think it's a learning experience for them but I don't think they're going to progress together I think it's a waste of time yeah but look at I think you know this week they need to communicate the communication is crap yeah Laura and Arthur what are we thinking Laura and Arthur I think they're genuinely getting on well together yeah I think that again we said this before we said sometimes it's not what you want it's what you need yeah and Laura didn't get what she wants but maybe Arthur is what she needs because he'll maybe bring her back down to earth I'm starting to see a bit more though of what she's talking about there's a hell of a difference between them but then again, maybe he's been a lot more real and he's bringing out his more sort of cockney side. But maybe because he's been real and he has been vulnerable and he's been honest. Yeah. And he's more of a cheeky chappy type. Maybe it's bringing her off her high horse. Mm. As she said, she went for the Chelsea guys in the past and she went it for the cultured, good manners, etc, etc, etc. And how did that work out for you? Yeah. Peggy and Georges, I just don't understand them, to be honest. Attention seekers. Yeah. Attention seekers. Is there any real attraction between them? I certainly don't think that George's is attracted to anything other than Peggy's body. Mm. Um, and I think Peggy, I think Peggy probably likes George's, but only if he completely changes. Yeah. So she likes the way he is now that he is, you know, he because he's changed the way he is. From, no, I'm sorry. He's changed the way we were told he, he was usually. Right. And he's all, oh, yes, Peggy, no Peggy, three bags full Peggy. And he's doing everything to keep her happy. But how long is that going to last? Yeah, but I think it was Melissa almost gave him a get out of jail card because she said that was when it was me, not we, wasn't it? About the squatting and the online game and all that. But he said, yes, that's exactly what it is. And I don't think that's really good enough. He thought that was okay then. And you can't just flick a switch and say, well, I thought that was okay then. I don't think it's okay now. But I'm still struggling to see what was wrong with it. They spent 10 minutes talking about his squatting. <sighs> yeah, I know. There was just no substance in that. It was just, yeah, because there is no substance in those two. Yeah. Certainly at this point in time, might be talking different next week, but all they had to talk about was his squatting. Yeah. Ugh. Weird. So let's just move on from them, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Jay and Luke. Breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Luke seems to have a good sexual appetite, doesn't he? He does. He does. It's going well. They're at it like rabbits. Yeah. Jay doesn't seem to have an issue with it. No. no. Although, she, although she, again, is kind of mortified that he's talking about it. She's kind of, it's different. It's like, oh, yeah, just don't hold back there sort of thing. You know, she's more, it's more humorous. And again, you can see that they have a friendship forming. They're very alike. Even the way they dress is alike. It's quite plain. It's quite dressed down. Um, they're comfortable in their own skins. I think when, it would surprise me when Mel said, oh, matchy-matchy, or whatever you're wearing match yeah. today fits. They said, oh, yeah, matchy-matchy. I thought they were the least matching couple on the couch. Yeah, but they were equally dull. Yeah. Again, when you look at Jay, and I'm not taking away from Jay's looks, I think she's, I think yeah, she's a beautiful girl. I love her hair. Yeah. Um, they just weren't as glamorous at all yes, as any I, of the other I couples. Should, I should qualify that. When I say dull, I don't mean their personalities are dull or they're dull as, as people or anything like that. I just, as you say, they're not blingy like the rest of them. It's like as if you went from, you know, dynasty to 
Coronation Street <laughs> or yeah. EastEnders and, yeah. and the cast members mixed all in full costume like you know what I mean he's laughing her into bed and she's laughing him into bed and I think they're, they're just laughing through life and they're getting on well and but they're mature enough as well they both kind of had life experiences and they seem to be a little more emotionally secure yeah no harm in any of that um, there's a lot of harm going on with Portia and Terence though God almighty, why again did Portia write stay when everything is going so wrong? Yeah. She is an absolute drama queen. It mm. should be called the Portia show. It's yeah. all about her and she's a master manipulator because she just seems to manage to bring it all back to her. Again, like they're they're still fighting about the bloody spoon. Terence is a clever guy and he can express himself, I think, very, very well. I think he's quite articulate. Uh, he's quite mature as well. But he's just not able for this. This is, as you say, an Oscar winning performance. And to be honest, the experts are buying it. They are, yeah. And they're laying it all on his door. Look, we've seen the experts buying a load of crap before. Yeah. You know, last year we saw it with that whole Matt thing. Hmm. They thought Matt was the best thing since sliced oh, bread. Yeah. And like, you know. You found your golden match, Whitney. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous carry oh, we, we've done we've done the numbers and used to match. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. It was pathetic. So yeah, I'm not a bit surprised that the experts are buying it. Portia is just, she's just, she's a class act. She yeah. really is. You know, she's just done this before. And the way she can turn on the tears as well is actually, she mm. should be on, she should be on television. She should be in a bloody feature film. He was told once again, like wasn't it Thomas, he was told to talk about his feelings. Let's say the man is, is the one who's holding back and not talking about their feelings the whole time and talking about actions instead of feelings. I'm sorry, but he has been talking about his feelings. And what he said was, he said, you say, Portia, that the honeymoon was perfectly good up until the final dinner. And that's where it all went wrong. The fact that you say that is part of the problem because it didn't. Because for me, it was going wrong right through the honeymoon. Well before that, absolutely. Yeah. And she didn't acknowledge it. She didn't want to know about it. Oh. She just didn't. She didn't even notice because she's all about herself. Yes, because to her, it was all about questioning him and basically telling him from upon high that he was wrong and he'd have to change to meet with her lifestyle. Yeah, he'd have to earn more money mm. to support her yeah. um, because he was paying me obviously he'd have to give up work practically because she didn't like him working nights mm. she wasn't a morning person she's not a night person like if if she's saying like when what when is the time for us yeah. i I'm, I'm not a morning person like he knows that and i go to bed early so like even when was the time for us exactly portia when is the time for your relationship you have to make time for your relationship they couldn't find time for each other on the honeymoon. They were on their honeymoon in Morocco with nothing else yeah. to do. And she still couldn't find time for him. Anyway. He's the one who said, like, she doesn't like mornings. Okay, I'll adjust to that. But then she wanted to go to bed early. So when was the time for us? And she clearly said, she agreed and said, like, well, yeah, you're right. I don't like mornings and I like to go to bed early because I'm a mother. She's not a mother on, on, on holidays. I like to go to bed early. Um, I'm a mother. I have to get up and I do the school run, whatever, whatever. Okay. Yeah. But again, on holidays, I will absolutely, and I did spend so much time, quality time with you on holidays, mm. because we don't get a chance to do it at home because we're busy and we have busy lives. Exactly. And we do a podcast. We do. We did two podcasts, though. Quickie ones. Yeah. On the fly. Anyway. With mosquito bites. So where do we go from here? What have we got to look forward to next week? Oh, we have trailers, don't we? 
We do have trailers. Yeah. Um, I think Shona and Brad is probably the, the big one. Yeah, and the other couples seem to be on to Shona and Brad. And let's face it, all that PDA did them no favours with the other couples. The other couples are almost trying to find cracks at this stage with them. It seems to be uh, Confessions Week. That's always a good one. That's always a good one. I think with the PDAs, um, Shona is trying to prove it to herself that there's something there. I think Brad is trying to prove it to the world that there's something there. <laughs> That's the fundamental difference. <laughs> or is he trying to prove that there's nothing there? Oh, look, we'll find out in Confessions Week. It'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, but he did call it right. She is immature. Till then, keep watching Maths, guys. We'll talk to you next weekend and we'll round up the week that we've seen. Look forward to it. Laters. Bye for now. Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way, you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on hindicastreality at gmail.com. Hindicastreality at gmail.com.